0: Welcome to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. This is Pastor Ariel, and I am excited that I have this resource in front of me that allows me to produce way more resources for you that can, I know will empower you to grow as a Christian. There's a Sabbath school quarterly, and we are on lesson number eight, the Jerusalem Council. And today, right now in this episode, we're going to be looking at this, the lesson that we had to study for Monday, August 20th. Well, I realized that I said that we will be studying the lesson for August 20th, but really what we're studying is the Word of God. We're we're looking at Acts chapter 15. And by that mere fact of studying the Word of God, even though this is a specific lesson for a specific day, the lessons we will glean will be for whenever you get to listen to this. So whether it's April, June, or December, or August 20th, uh, what we are looking at are important lessons that will help us live a Christian life that honors the Lord and becomes a blessing to whatever church I, I belong to. The lesson for this day is coming from Exodus chapter 12, verses 43 through 49, in which God Himself, the lesson points to God Himself as the origin of circumcision. Circumcision uh, in the New Testament takes this very negative connotation, you know, legalism and salvation by works, but if you rewind the clock, it, it was actually God that came up with circumcision. And circumcision originally. Was supposed to symbolize an act of faith that you would not rely on human efforts to produce a promise God had made. God had promised Abraham a child, and it makes sense why he would act. He would uh, God chose circumcision because circumcision was applied to the male sex organ through which conception took place. And circumcision came to mean, there were other cultures that practiced circumcision, but the meaning of circumcision for the Jews was that God can uh, fulfill His promises and I cannot do it. The flesh needs to be cut out. Human effort needs to be left out in attempting to fulfill the promises God had made. And since God had promised Abraham a child, He had already tried to fulfill it many times in many ways, namely Ishmael. And that's when circumcision came in. You will not have a part in trying to fulfill what I have promised you. And of course, that became the seed idea of the gospel, in which we there's no works that can be done to accomplish my salvation. I have to have faith in what God has done for me to save me. That meaning was lost. And so God um, had to uh, revert to something else to create that meaning, uh, both within Judaism and outside of Judaism. And you can study that further in Romans chapter 3, verse 30, 1 Corinthians seven eighteen, 18, and Galatians three twenty eight, And I mentioned this at the last episode. If you're saying to yourself, Man, I don't have a Sabbath school quarterly, don't worry. You can go to ssnet.org, again, ssnet.org, and there you'll have access to this lesson and all the previous um, days or weeks before this um, so that you can have it for free right now. You can also download it on uh, the iOS App Store. And of course, is available for Android and all of it as is available for free. Isn't that amazing? Tremendous resources that are free for you to study. So I don't want you to just listen to this podcast and feel that everything from the lesson has been discussed. This is just little nuggets to hopefully get us started and get us familiar with some of the themes that this lesson brings out. So now we're beginning to feel again what we've been building up, unity and how easy that unity can be lost in the church. And then the question, of course, arises, so what's the big deal? If the churches are fighting against each other, then let's just stay out of the churches and let's be at peace outside of the church. What do I need the church for? I have a question for you. Um, Are you saved by belonging to a church? Are you saved by belonging to a particular denomination? That's a real question, and I'm not going to answer it you know, I don't want to answer, put words in your mouth. I would be curious what your thoughts are to that question. Is that a true statement that are you saved by belonging to a church? And if, perchance, you have already blurted out or decide to, you know, comment uh, on the the comments below or text me or call me and say, no, <laughs> pastor, you are not saved by belonging to any church. There is one church, though, that uh, that is one of the oldest churches that does believe that you are saved by belonging to it. Um, But in general, most Protestant churches would probably, most Christians would probably say no. So if that's the case, what's the purpose of church? If salvation is not gained by belonging to a church, what's a church for then? Um, That's another question that I have for you. I want to see what your thoughts are on this. Because if, if church is really not the means by which I am saved um, and, you know, squabbles take place within the church, uh, why, why go through all that trouble? Why put so much effort in uniting the church and keeping the church united if, in the end, belonging to it doesn't yield salvation? Isn't that a good question? These are things that I want you to grapple with. And if you belong to a church, um, I want you, you to share your thoughts with the, the class that you belong to. Go back and say, "Hey, I've been. Th- you know, this question was asked, and these are my thoughts in regards to why I want to belong to this church, even though I believe that I am not saved by belonging to this church." Um, a, a, another question that actually this one comes straight out of the lesson. Those those questions came from my own thinking uh, in the verses from the verses that I read. But this last question says, "What's the danger of thinking that salvation comes from merely being a member of the right?" Church. There's a lot of things in that question, right? Uh, right church? What does that mean? What do you think it means to belong to the right church? Is the right church the church that has the nice, comfortable pew just for you? And that that pew will always be available for you? <laughs> of course not, right? The music it has to have superb music. Mm, is that is that the right church? Is the right church a church that you like? Of your liking, is that the right church? What does it mean that you have found the right church, or as some other people call it, the true church? Those are questions that I think are worthy of thoughts. Um, And there was a word in this question: merely being a member. Merely being a member. Uh, I think that they they chose that word intentionally when they say merely being a member because it sounds like um, it's, it, it speaks more of an attitude than the, an actual uh, choosing to belong. Uh, yeah, I come here because I have to, because my kids come here or whatever. Merely belonging to me speaks of the bare minimum. What is the bare minimum that I need to do to be a part of a church member, to be a member of a church rather? And for me, that that actually defeats the whole purpose. It, it makes all the questions that I've asked earlier irrelevant if I'm thinking what is the bare minimum that I need to do to belong to any church and in this case it would be the Seventh-day Adventist Church what is the bare minimum that I need to do that question in itself begs another question why do you even bother why are you even thinking about church if you're seeking the bare minimum that's like me buying tickets to watch I'm originally from Argentina I'm a US citizen right now but I still like to watch soccer and I definitely like to watch it when Argentina is playing that's like me getting tickets to see the World Cup and see Argentina and me saying what's the the least that I can do to you know make use of these tickets can I stay in the bathroom the whole time can I stay in the foyer and talk the whole time while the game's going on does that count as using the ticket of course you would say hey Give me that ticket and stay home, right? What is your attitude towards belonging to a church? What does that mean to you? Does that mean that you come and sit and then go? What does it mean to merely belong to a church? I believe as a pastor and even before a pastor, I believe merely belonging is a horrible experience that neither God nor heaven nor none of the angels want any human being to have. If someone gave me tickets, free tickets, to watch Argentina play in the World Cup, I would not be in the foyer yapping while the game's going on or hanging out in the bathroom with my friends yapping about anything else except the soccer game. So what do you do when you come to church? Are you on your phone? Watching other things? Reading other things? Why go? Right? Because that attitude will certainly become breeding ground for division and dissension. Why? Because you won't care for the church. You see, you have to be invested in the church to care for the church, to care for its unity. Because if you are invested in it, when you see divisions, it will hurt you because you have invested yourself in it. It's just like our families. No parent stands idly looking at two siblings, you know, beating each other up or yelling at each other mean things. When my daughters uh, begin to squabble with each other over Legos, we intervene immediately because we are invested in them emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. So I want to invite you to examine your Christian life in a a practical sense. I'm not saying, you know, that you come to church, you know, elated with a halo over your head? There are times that we come to church and, you know, we, we're, our, the air is a little bit out of our tires, but we're in the church. We come there seeking God. We want to hear from Him. I want to be lifted up. If you come like that, praise God. Amen. You came for, the, for, for something that God can say, yes, I can bless that. But if you come and hang around the foyer and just linger in, in, in the bathrooms and in the parking lot, or you go in and you pull out your phone or your tablet, And you're not really there. I want to let you know that the the adversary will certainly keep his eye on you as a source of division for the church. Because what you're really saying is, I'm not really sure why I'm here, but I'm I'm certain that I'm not really invested in this place. And if this place were to fall apart, I could care less. In fact, if this place fell apart and it shut down, now we'll have an excuse not to come at all. So this idea of belonging to a church is crucial for understanding the unity of the church. And I want to invite you, invest yourself in the church. You will not find a perfect one, but you will find a perfect one for you. A place where you can find brothers and sisters that just like you are wrestling on a daily basis. And what a blessing it would be if you would choose to encourage And if someone were to hurt or step on your toes for you to go and seek to win that brother or that sister, seeking for unity because you care for the church. This is something that not, did not happen just in Acts 15, 2,000 years ago. This is something that is happening in every church across, across the globe right now. And God wants you, God wants to use you as an agent of unity, healing, and reconciliation where you are. What a wonderful call. Go to church, love the church you're at, and seek for its unity.